Welcome back to Navigating Motherhood. I'm so excited to have some two very special people on tonight. We have Liz, who's going to be kind of like my co-host tonight. Liz, say hey. Hello. And I have Ian, who's going to talk about her home birth story. Ian, say hey. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so, Ian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um... Oh my gosh. So there's a way, a million ways I can take that too. But um, my name's Ian. I have four kids. Um, I have an almost husband, I guess. We've been together for 10 years. So I, I tell people he's my husband, but he's actually not. Um, okay, which we, I didn't know that he wasn't boyfriend. actually your husband. You can't call someone you've been together with for 10 years and have four kids with your boyfriend. Like that's, no. you just yeah. doesn't sound right. So um, yeah, we definitely are committed, but we're not actually married. And we have four kids. I homeschool them. I've had lots of different births. I had, um, let's see, we moved to Georgia so my husband could go to well, Caleb. So Caleb could go to chiropractic school. And then that's where I had two more kids. And then we decided to move back because all of our family lives here. And um, I like to read a lot of books. So that's me. I love it. You always have good books to share, too. I have more books than you would want to hear not even always good books not even recommendations you actually want to hear usually are, but you, into the, to you. are you into the colleen hoover books here the all their books or books i'm and actually kind of a hater on the colleen <laughs> hoover books i've read a few of them but they're like it's like eating candy like at the end of this it's like i didn't my mind hasn't been pushed in any direction and i'm not saying like you always need to read like nonfiction or anything but right if it's if I don't have a deeper understanding of a relationship that I'm never going to experience in my life, or you know what I mean, like this, some people right. have, yeah. There's just and sometimes um, more interesting words, or I don't know. But Colleen Hoover is just it's candy. You know what I mean? I read one book in 24 hours, and I was like, I just wasted a lot of my. Oh no! But I mean, <laughs> it was good. I liked it. I love but... that. You like to be challenged whenever you read. I like that. Yeah, well, I just, when I use my time away from my kids, I don't, I want to come back feeling like I was productive and like I'm, you know what I mean? So that's, I, that's part of why I like going to the Y so much. Because sometimes I would use, like in Georgia, I would use my free time just on my phone and then you get done and you're like, crap, I kind of just wasted my time. I don't feel, I don't know, better about myself or anything. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. Yeah. Not. I feel and, like uh, I'm sometimes yes. and i'm just like okay so i need to put it away yeah we it's have to well at this age or this age liz with yours it's so hard not to when you're breastfeeding you get, you get nap trapped i nap get up so bad um especially like in the late hours like you know 3 a.m 4 a.m it's like you can't go back yeah. to sleep you're like oh my gosh i gotta be awake right now and you're just scrolling and it's just like whoa I know, but that's sometimes where you have to give yourself grace, you know, because there's these times where that's kind of what's that that's for. And thank God for, you know, technology, because it's a way more fun to spend your time like that than just staring into space. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's hard. You can't demonize one thing or you're just going to, yeah, not everything you. has its own demons. Yeah, there's always a, something in it. There's always something. Okay, so let's jump in and. Let's just start with the first question of like why why a home birth? Like what made you decide like that's something you want to do? That's something that you want to um, do. So I had my first when I was um 
I guess I got pregnant when I was 18. Maybe I had when I was 19. Or maybe I had when I was 19. I don't know. But it was, a very easy... I was such a long time ago. I'm so old now. Um, but I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, you're young. A really easy situation. Um, I remember thinking that I was studying so hard. But I was just doing everything that the hospital wanted me to do, if that makes sense. So I went to all the hospital classes and I was listening to everything they said. And um, they're like, yeah, you're definitely going to want an epidural around five or six centimeters. And I went in and I was five or six centimeters. And I was like, this feels like period cramps. Like labor's so easy. Life is good. And then they gave me an epidural and um, it stopped labor. And so then they had to give me Pitocin and Pitocin is, can I cuss? It like, it's from, well, like it is the okay, worst. Yeah, you can say that. It is horrible. <laughs> it's, it's not real. And um, so then going through that and kind of feeling weird because it's not like I didn't get what I wanted, but I didn't really know what I wanted. And it didn't feel fair that no one showed me that there was any other option. And so mm -hmm. then when I look into it myself, there's so many other options. There's a thousand different ways to go. So I've always kind of been okay with not standing out. Like I don't stand out a bunch, but I'm okay with you guys all think we have to do this and I'm not thinking I need to do that. So I look okay to be it. different. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I guess, I mean, we're all different in our own way, but I just, right. Yeah. So I started looking into it and it seemed like a doable thing as long as, you know, I was healthy or whatever. And so um, I got a midwife and I said I would do my prenatal care with a midwife and then if I, with the next baby. And then if I, um, you know, she deemed me healthy, then I would just have a home birth. And um, I actually had, because in Illinois, um, you are, it's illegal, I guess, to have a midwife attend your birth because they aren't backed by doctors and if that makes sense so you're kind of and I didn't want that energy of oh I'm doing something illegal at my birth right. you know and especially so book recommendation um Ina Mae Gaskin's guide to childhood yeah. but she has spiritual midwifery and there's this story and I'm gonna say it completely wrong but this is how it got stuck in my head where this woman was um she was in labor and she kind of got stuck at 10 centimeters or something. And I was like, what's going on? And she, what are you thinking right now? And she's like, all I can think about is the fact that at our wedding, I, we didn't say till death do us part. We said something else. And at the time it didn't matter, but now that's all I can think about. She had her husband get on their bus. They were in a caravan. And there she said, say, um, you know, we're going to redo your marriage vows. And they redid the marriage vows and the baby came right out. You know what I mean? So like, oh, it's yeah. like, your vagina is like a sphincter. It's like a tightening muscle. And so any of those mind blocks that you have are going to hold the baby in is what I was thinking. Yeah. So um, I decided that I was going to go that route with my second. And she, the uh, midwife, deemed me not safe to give birth at home mm -hmm. because um, my daughter was footling breech and... <laughs> I've been telling people that um, I had to go through all this so that way I could tell Caleb's patients because he's a chiropractor about it. I was going to a chiropractor that didn't know how to adjust pregnant women. And he didn't know he didn't know how to adjust pregnant women, but he was doing this thing they call spinning your hips, where if you've been to a chiropractor before, they'll lay you on your side and they'll push on your hips. And if you're pregnant, you should not be doing that because it just doesn't get everything in the right spot. I don't know the mechanics of it. I don't really understand. 
but the people that are trained to address pregnant women will lay on their, um, have the people adjusted, they'll lay you on your stomach and then they'll push on your back almost above your hips and then they'll do different massages on your stomach to make sure that they're getting your hips in place, whatever. Yeah. My hip was super far out of place and my daughter was foot length breech. And so I ended up having a C-section, which kind of sucked. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. And then I thought, okay, I'm definitely never having another baby. Like, I don't know. Every time I was like, I'm never having another baby. Like, it's never going to happen for me. And then uh, we moved Later. to Georgia. And I remember the doctor at Sarah Bush. That's who I went with for my second with the C-section. He really knew I wanted a home birth. And um, he was like you know, please just, and I really respected him for just telling me the truth. He said, if you want to have a VBAC after this, you need to wait 18 months before you give birth again for the health of your own body and to make it safe and whatever. And so I was just really glad that he had told me that. And I mean, the next baby was an accident or whatever you want to call it. But, um, so I didn't really, I really planned it, but it was past 18 months and I didn't ever get, um, I didn't ever get like into a doctor off a doctor's office. I never got a primary care physician when we went down to Georgia. So I was like, I'll just, this will be the one that I do at home. Like I don't have a doctor right now. And so, um, I really studied for it and made sure I was reading lots of home birth stories constantly, because I think that that's a huge part of our mental block. We're seeing TV shows and movies since the time we've been starting to watch these things. And it's always women in hospital beds screaming bloody murder. And just these things that we don't even really know like truly why we feel this way. We've just been taught to feel this way forever. So I was trying to retrain my brain to think this is right. This is normal. This is safe. And to read about different, th like not negative things that happened, but different things that would happen um, and what you're supposed to do with them. And I made sure that I knew, you know, so if you're having a home birth and the cord falls out before the head comes out, you need to go to the hospital immediately. You need to put your butt in the air because the cord is how they're breathing. Whatever. This isn't medical advice. Oh. <laughs> Don't take me that seriously. Um, yeah, we are not medical advisors. We are not doctors. This is just our... It's just our stories. experience. These are the things. Everyone yeah. has their limit of what, why they would go to the hospital. And so that was one of my limits. You're supposed to put your knees on like the headrest of your car and your head by the butt. And you're supposed to drive as fast as you can to a hospital because... That's how the baby is breathing through the cord. And so if anyways, they wouldn't be able to breathe. And then another one was um, if your water is black. And then another one was too much blood. And so anyways, um, with my third son or my third child, Canaan, I had him at home. Yeah. yeah. And it was the best birth out of all of them for sure. So. Okay. So. That was a really long answer. No, it was perfect. It was perfect. You gave all the no, It was great. So why would the water be black? What, was that just the blood? Oh, or No, no. So my water wasn't black. I'm saying that's a reason to go in. If the water, if your waters oh. are black, it could mean that they um, like pooped in the womb. And then you might need some like immediate medical attention yes. once the baby is actually born. And that's alarming, obviously. Oh, and I should yeah. say, too, I still felt like I needed to make sure... Because I kind of felt like with my second, I made the mistake of not essentially establishing care with, you know, a prenatal visit. Um, because once I got to the hospital, I felt like I was just so, they knew nothing about me. They started all these tests right away. And it was really stressful. So with Kane and I went in to, and I had, I made sure I, I was like 21-ish weeks. 
so then you can get the um what's it called you can get anatomy yes you can get the anatomy scan you can get the ultrasound and so once i had that i felt and they said you know you're safe you're healthy everything's good then i had essentially established care with them so then if i needed to yes. i could go back there and i would have someone that i felt kind of comfortable with so yeah, I did do that with my third, but then I only had went in that one time and they did blood work. I guess maybe I went in twice. I don't really remember, but they did blood work and stuff and just to make sure that everything was as it was supposed to be, because I don't think that birth is a medical emergency unless it actually is a medical emergency. And there are times when it's, you know, emergency. Yeah, I remember like with Ellie, I was pretty low risk. And so like I didn't have a ton of visits or a ton of ultrasounds or a ton of that. And yeah. It's like if you are low risk, it's like you don't need all that extra um, stuff yeah. that sometimes hospitals just tell you you need. It's mm -hmm. like, well, it's okay to ask, is that necessary? Because it's yeah. just protocol. Well, I think that the hard part of it is with that. And I think that I've personally, this is why we just kind of stay away from doctor's offices in general is because the white coats, they make me nervous. Like they going into the doctor's office. I can't, I don't feel like I can stand up to you. You've been to school, you know, more than me in this situation. I'm coming here because I'm scared and I'm really sick, kind of. You know what I mean? So I don't want to yeah. go in and have to be like, hey, is this actually necessary? Because, you know, it turns out that a lot of times, even when they tell me it is, with the epidural, it's, it's necessary you get it now or you will um, not be able to get it later, probably. You know what I mean? These things where I just, I don't think that they're trying to hurt us or anything. I just think that that's not how I... Just by the book type of care, yeah. which is yeah. not wrong it's just not what everybody has to have i do agree yeah. with that i think something else that um you guys are kind of making me think of is that just the time that you spend in the hospital is so fast it's mm. almost like you like kind of like you were saying ian where you you are kind of guided to your to where they think you should be mm -hmm. with your care there i'm so sorry <laughs> oh, keep going. No big deal. You're guided to where they feel like your care should be rather than where you where you want your care to be. And yeah. so what you're saying very, very much resonates with me because I don't know necessarily that if we talked about this, I think, in our first um, our first. Oh, my gosh. Video that we had, Caddy, whenever um, Abby and me and Joe were on the call with you. And yeah. Is like they, if you don't ask questions, then they don't really offer all of that information to you sometimes. And so you really yeah. have to be in with a plan, either written or you really have to be able to stand up for yourself and say what you're, you're feeling and you're wanting. And I'll never forget my dad, my family, they were really uncomfortable with me having a home birth. And so I gave them all the Ina May Gaskin Guide to Childbirth. I bought it for everyone. And I said, if you read this, I'll stay in the room and we can have a conversation about it. But if you bring up home birth to me and you haven't read the book, then I'm not going to talk to you about it. And I remember my dad was the only one that read the book. And he, the hospital did something. He's like, well, why don't you go tell him you know what you're doing? You know, you read the book and like this and that. I was like, I am literally 12. Like, they're not going to do things because I said to do them. Like, that was really funny. But yeah, where if you go in with a plane, I think you'll definitely get more of you want out of it. But yeah, it's it's really hard to go in, especially when I mean there's a baby at stake. You really in the end you want your baby alive and they have that manipulation over you kind of, you know. I had a friend and she was 
she had a C-section and then the V-back, Sarah Bush is, does not really like doing V-backs, at least at this time. And she, they scared her into, even though she came in, she had, was prepared and she had all this stuff and they're like, you're going to kill your baby. You want to kill it? Like, you want to kill your baby? And she's like, no, like Whoa. what? And so. That's harsh. Yeah. So it is really intense and it's really, I know they're dealing with a lot too, you know, that's like the insurance and the, I don't know. There's just a lot to it that I think goes on without us knowing too. I mean. I love that you said, read this book and then we can have a conversation about it. Because sometimes people just talk from the little knowledge that they've, that they grab throughout time. And it's like, wait a second. Like, you think I'm making this choice? Like, you know me. I'm not making this choice impulsively. Like, I, so unless you read this book and you do your research, I don't want to talk about it. And that's how I am with like a lot of things that I've chose to do with Ellie. Because it's like, well, if you have not read, this book or you have not you know done your research on this topic then you can't tell me how i should care for my daughter and i the think story that love that much better choice than just cutting them off and saying like counting them as toxic now like oh that's a toxic family member when right you just draw the boundary people want to be there for you and they want to understand what you're going through but it's healthy to have boundaries and that's really yeah I, that's a really smart thing for you to do i it took me like a lot of kids, I feel like a lot of time to realize like that was a good idea. So good job catching it on the first one because. Well, I, I mean, I haven't it. said that yet. Well, but it's. I'm going to say it now. Oh yeah, you should, and yeah, I mean, in a kind, loving way. But yeah, it's like the t- the culture that we're in right now is just cut them off, move away. Yeah. No. There's no reason. Friends. Yeah. Um. Okay. So before we go too much of a tangent, I'm going to bring it back. I want you. Ian, to tell us kind of like when you first started having contractions at home, like kind of what your night or day. Oh, yeah. You had your third baby at home. Ooh, okay. So um, I like wrote this out somewhere. I almost should pull it up. But uh-huh. I, yeah, because I was really happy with how it went. It was really nice. So I remember I was having contractions and um i drank a lot of red raspberry leaf tea throughout that pregnancy and i know some people will say that you should put it off i didn't put it off i drank it the entire time um i had those um that cold brew coffee thing and instead of filling it with coffee i filled it with raspberry tea leaves and i would drink an entire oh. pot every single day it was delicious and my body craved it for real and so I had Braxton Hicks a lot or practice contractions or whatever you want to call them and um so I was having those and then it was really kind of getting intense and I had my birthing ball and everything and I was folding laundry and we hadn't even gotten stuff for having the baby yet. Like I didn't have the pads that you need or the witch hazel spray to like, or the, what is it? It's a peri bottle. I didn't have that. Um, I didn't have all these things. And so I kind of made a little list and I was said, Caleb, you need to get to the store. And he was like, okay. And so he started to make dinner and I was said, no, like, go to the store now. You need to go to the store now. This is actually happening now. And, um, oh my gosh, I remember what book this was in. Maybe I didn't make gas and Dr. childbirth, something. She talks about having a labor project and how, if you give yourself a project during labor, you will, kind of miss labor because you're thinking about your project the whole time and so um i did laundry for a minute but then my real labor project was i'm gonna labor in this bathroom so i cleaned the crap out of my bathroom all non-toxic chemicals and stuff but that was my thing are I mean, you I were laboring while i was laboring i was on top of my sink like 
cleaning the, you know, the lights up high on top of the cabinets. I was every single thing. And um, I remember I was going to the bathroom a lot. I was going number two constantly. I think I was just clearing the way. Yeah. And that was a lot. And then um, everybody got home and I ate dinner, which I was, this was probably the biggest perk of not being in the hospital. I got to eat food, which is so insane. I got to eat food. And so I had tacos at dinner and I was just sitting in my birthing bowl and everything was, you know, it was good. And then um, it's getting close to bedtime for my older two or my two kids, the two kids I had at the time. And um, they're in this, we called it the Cairo room where Caleb would adjust us. And I walked into the bathroom and my water broke. And it, it was probably, I mean, it was a small house, probably less than 10 steps from where they were. And I was like, Caleb, my water just broke. I screamed it. And he didn't hear me. And I walked in there and it was really, it was just a trickle. I mean, you know how people tell the story, oh, it's a huge pop. I really wanted that really bad, but I did not get that. Um, and so I went in the other room and I was like, Caleb, and this is complete foreshadowing. I was like, Caleb, I, my water just broke. And he's like, oh, I didn't hear you. Like, oh, well, it did. So put the kids to sleep. So that way when I really need your help, because labor is happening, you will yeah. be able to help me. And so we all co-slept and, um... We had a king next to a queen next to a twin on the bed on the ground, and he put them to sleep in there. And then I was just laboring in the bathroom, and I remember moving um, kind of just all over the place. I was just in the bathroom though, and I had the bat, the labor or the ball, the birthing ball, and then uh, sitting on the toilet. I don't know. There was lots of things. And then I got in the bathtub and I remember it feeling like I couldn't breathe. Like it was crushing my chest. It was such a weird feeling. And then I was sitting on the toilet and I was like screaming. I just had this urge to scream. I was like, it feels like some- I'm going to die at this point. And I remember in all the books that I read, it said transition is an hour or 10 contractions. And those are the times when women scream out and say, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, holy crap. Oh. I cannot do this for 10 contractions. I'm going to die here. Like, please. I was just like, if there's a knife on the ground, just like slice it into my body. Like, oh, take me out. Like, this is done. And then, um, so I'm on the ground and I'm all screaming. And then I think like, I can't make it back into the toilet, but I feel like I'm going to poop my pants. And I'm on all fours. And I'm like yelling at the top of my lungs in the bathroom is this room and then the room right next to it is the bedroom that my kids were asleep in and Caleb and I thought that they were staying in there like I thought Caleb was maybe comforting them because I was terrifying them with my screams and we had the vent and the heater on in the bathroom or whatever and um I'm completely blinding I don't know and so I think I'm gonna put my pants on all fours and I stick my hand down and touch my vagina because something weird is there and it's the baby's head and I scream one more time and the baby's out. And I, I'm like, holy crap. So then I get in the bathtub and like draw, like I have the baby in my arms and I draw the bathtub and I'm just sitting there and the baby's on my chest. And I'm literally like banging on the wall right now, like Caleb thinking Caleb's comforting them. But if I'm yelling for him, he's just going to come and then they can hey. all see the baby, whatever. Caleb comes in like, like, oh, he's like, I kind of fell asleep. Like what's happening? And I was like, you're an idiot. Like, you're so I hate stupid. you. It was crazy. And um, Caleb was really, really nervous about the placenta staying inside of me, like without a someone there to remind me to push the placenta out. So on the next couple of contractions, oh, yeah. he like, stayed with me and made sure I pushed it out. And then 
we put the placenta in a bowl and it was just like bobbing on top of the bath water and I had a baby. It was crazy. It was, yeah, it was my favorite experience to date. <laughs> okay. I'm so invested though. Like, okay, sorry, Caddy, if you were going to ask something, but I'm like, so what is the process after all of this? Like your placenta is bobbing in this bowl and you're in the bathtub with the baby and, and yes. it's five and your husband's finally there. Like what? That's what? crazy. So the what? next part, um, we had heard about people burning their cord and that just didn't, I didn't really understand how you would burn it and like not burn your baby. So I, um, just had Caleb boil kitchen scissors and we cut, we waited for the, um, cord to stop, uh, pulsing. There was, it was cold and limp and there was no blood in it. And then I, um, sorry, I'm putting my phone on. Are you okay? Okay. So my, the cord was limp and then we cut it. Like, that's all. Like, I tried to tie it off with some string and then, and it didn't, the string didn't even stay on. I mean, once it's dried off, you didn't even, you don't really need a clip or anything, which I had no idea that that was going to be. And yeah. then I just had, I had a baby. Like, I, the placenta, I think we ended up, which is, I kind of feel bad about it. I think we threw it away. Like, which I, you're probably not supposed to do that. I was going to say that with my daughter. With, well, with my daughter, we cut it into pill sized chunks um, and I just swallowed them. But, I love that. Like, You're badass. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but with him, I, we just had three kids. I was busy. I didn't have, Caleb didn't have time to cut it and do all this stuff. So yeah, we kind of just hung out. And I mean, something they don't tell you too is that afterbirth pains get so much worse with every child you have. It was the worst after pains I've ever experienced. But yeah, it's, it's so much less involved than I guess you would think. Because you don't need the stuff where they push on your stomach and they make your uterus clump up and they don't need, Oh, I don't know. Okay. You told me that you told me that at the library that, um, you don't need them to push on, you know how Liz, they pushed on your stomach every whatever, two hours to make sure to see if you're still bleeding because you have the plate size wound, yada, yada, yada. Well, if you are nursing, that you're when you're nursing, your body will naturally contract and it will naturally push the blood out. And okay. you don't so have to have somebody. Did I say that right, Ian? Yes, 100%. Yeah. And that's why the afterbirth pains get worse and worse and worse because your uterus, I mean, once something stretches out, it's harder for it to get to back to how it was. So the pains have to be more to squeeze it back to where it's supposed to be. So those afterbirth contractions. You don't have them much the first time and then, yeah. And in the hospital, another thing that they don't tell you, but if you check your records and what you were charged for, you are billed for Pitocin after birth. Everyone's given Pitocin to contract and squeeze their uterus without your knowledge. Whoa. Which I don't like. That creeps me out. <laughs> what if you didn't get an IV? Then you obviously didn't get Pitocin. Oh, okay. I didn't get an IV, but I, right? did they oh, like okay. do that anywhere? Yeah, sometimes, I mean, I don't know. I had a midwife at Carl. I was at a hospital, but I had a midwife. So I did do Pitocin. You did? No, I, well, you have to listen to my birth story. It's on the podcast, but no, I, I did it naturally, no epidural, but I did have to have Pitocin to start up my contractions because they subsided and all all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I took the IV out when I transferred rooms. And so I didn't get Pitocin after that. Yeah, but so that might just be. Yeah, Maybe if you stay in the same room, room, then yeah, I mean, 
we I was I was hooked up to an IV the whole time I was there with my other two kids. Oh. No, I I was like, can I take this thing off yet? Like get yeah. it off. I'm over See, it. I didn't want it no, in the first I, place. It could just be Sarah Bush. Is that where you you were at Carl and I was at uh, Memorial. What, wait, where was I? Memorial. DMH. Yeah, DMH. <laughs> Memorial. Not- Decatur. Uh, yep. Decatur. That's where I was born. Uh, wait, okay. Back to... I love that you were cleaning your bathroom because that is what like all the ladies that tell you, like all the old ladies that are 89 years old that all had their kids at home, tell you that they were cleaning the house or doing laundry while they were laboring at home that's what they tell you they did so why did we change why did we change because we think we're so liberated we don't have to do laundry anymore we shouldn't do but that was for us that was a benefit for us like we missed out on yeah hey whatever i could go on a whole thing about that too but that's not here for but yeah um that's a hard part and i think it's hard too that we don't have that kind of community with our elders there's no wise women around us telling us and reminding us of these things you know baby showers are about getting more stuff instead of talking about how labor went for you and you know learning about how you were brought into the world and how most women are brought into the world or children you know i don't know i think i love that though you're right all you know well of course new moms need things but at the same time like we play we just play these silly games and it's just fun and lighthearted. but like we should be sitting around at a table or like right right on a note on a notebook like your this your some of your few like birthing tips in the notebook just like when you get married and people write in like a here's a way do you stay in love right. each other for six and, years you know that's yeah. a great idea i i know there's a woman and she and my friend is gonna have a baby soon i'm very excited um i'm gonna get to plan her baby shower for her because i heard this woman and she had it wasn't rosary beads but it was i would say it's almost along the lines of them but she had everyone come up and bring a bead and give her a blessing for her birth and you know talk about what their birth was or what their mother's birth was or their experience with birth blah blah and during birth she said she just like clutched onto this necklace of beads and you know she would like pray through them and i don't know it was really beautiful but Oh, yeah, I, I love that. I wish it was more like that all the time, kind of. You know, people need new stuff, yeah. but yeah, it's like what you're saying. It's... You can do both. You yeah, can still you get can do stuff both. and then exactly. still share, share your wisdom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Caleb. Yes. Caleb. How? How did he, did he, did he feel guilty afterwards? Or like, what was his reaction? He, he still does. Whenever I said that I was doing this podcast, I was messing with him and I was with his family and he was we like had to leave dinner at a certain time it was just a thing and so i was messing with him and i was like oh are you jealous and i'm gonna be on a podcast and they're gonna know more about canaan's birth than you do and because he wasn't there obviously (laughs) but um and he used to say too and i would tell the stories i sound horrible like i just fell asleep drinking beer and eating nachos on the couch you know but he was really putting the kids to sleep, so yeah. He was and taking he actually, care of your other two babies, exactly. yeah. So I don't feel, I don't actually like. I'm not mad at him, and I don't think he feels too guilty about it. But he actually missed the my last birth too, because my last birth, I was trying to have a home birth. I didn't prepare the same way because Canaan went so well, yeah. And so I didn't prepare the same way. I should have, you know, done the red raspberry leaf tea and had Caleb adjusting me all the time, the way that you're supposed to be adjusted by. Um, adjusting pregnant women and um 
I just did. I was like, the last one was so easy. It's just going to happen again. And then it was really hard and there was a lot of blood. So we called an ambulance because I was like, this is a line for me. Like I've been in horrible pain for over an hour and there's just blood everywhere. This is too much. And so yeah. um, I went in and he, I guess, followed in the ambulance or whatever, but he still had to check in. It was right before COVID time. And oh, so um, he hears a baby crying. He's like, there's no way that's my baby as he's walking in. And it was, I had given birth as the, like, the baby's coming out and he's like holding it. They're holding it in the air and Caleb's like, well, that's my baby. Like, cool. So two in a row. <laughs> that's crazy. He's 0 for 2. That, what the heck? I know. It's seriously bad. Some bad luck. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it turns out with my my last baby, I just my water hadn't broken or something, and it was crazy to be so aware oh. and in the hospital. Because the other two times I was in the hospital, I was on a bunch of drugs, and so this time, you know, I'm in the stirrups, and she pulls out this like scalpel. What's it called? Where they cut you? So yeah. please don't cut me. I haven't had any drugs. And she was like, No, no, no. Your water just hasn't broken. I was like, What? So they popped my water. They're like, pull on and go. And because they didn't know how long I had been in labor, whatever, they were nervous. Yeah. And um, the baby came out in like three, four pushes. So that was crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing. I freaking pushed for two hours. It was good. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the thing too. I I don't think if you're allowed to go through labor, higher supposed to, you shouldn't push. You, you know what I mean? Your body is just going to expel the baby. You know? You're right. If you, if once you're t- and I, I know. Didn't, I didn't ever understand that. People said, you know, you shouldn't have to push. And it's just the way I thought I was pooping. I, I just thought the butt, it was coming out, you know? And then it's like, oh, that's a whole baby's head. I just didn't know that was an option. What were you going to say, Liz? No, I completely agree with that. I think that you should, I like, at knowing now as somebody who's had a baby, but before didn't have a baby was like, you know, you're up in your stirrups and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing and it's like nothing's happening. Or they're like, oh, you're almost there. The head's crowning. It's almost there. It's almost there. Keep pushing. And it's true. It's like, why, why do we have to push this baby out multiple times? Like multiple, like you said, just, just come out naturally. Yeah. And if you, I mean, the books that I read end up telling you that when you lay on your back like that, it closes your cervix almost, I don't know, it was two millimeters or two inches. I want to hope that it's two millimeters because two inches is a lot, but that is not a good position for you to push out a baby in. All fours is the right scenario. Is it one of the best ones? And never yeah. put fours, you know, you're, you're immediately laid on your back first yeah. to try to have your baby. Started- yeah. Yes. And it stresses your baby out to be trying ex- pushed out before it's ready. And then the, the heartbeat's going up. Yeah, C-section, toss them in, you know. It's, well, there that goes. And it's all because it's, we're, yeah. It's a quickness yeah. thing. It's a get them in, get them out as quick as possible. And so I could totally see the perks of doing it at home, laboring, not only laboring, yeah. but laboring and having the baby all all at your house naturally without any drugs without any pressure like right boom how one thing that well obviously like i have no idea when i'm gonna have another baby but like um if i'm still gonna be in cell then i'm literally a good 35 minutes from the nearest hospital and so that makes me nervous or like how far away were you from the hospital when you were in georgia 
probably 30 minutes. I mean, okay, if I and that didn't make you nervous. A very close hospital, maybe, t- maybe 20. I don't know. I mean, there's traffic everywhere that you kind of don't even think about, but, um, no, because you can call an ambulance and they can do everything in an ambulance for you. You know, they, they I just, I don't know. I, That's a good point. It wasn't on my thing. And you know, I mean, if you need a, like the blood thing, obviously, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't that worried about it. <laughs> And the ambulance is going to get there at least 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, and so if it's in traffic, it just went from uh, 30 minutes because we're in traffic to this is 10, 5. Like, it's really pretty close together. I mean, everything. Yeah. So I get why you would think that. But also, I think that if you know your limits and you know what's going to send you in, you're going to be looking kind of for the or making sure that's not happened. But there's nothing, you know, maybe the cord above that I would be nervous about that because the cord is how the baby is breathing. And so everybody gets nervous about the cord being wrapped around the baby's neck, which is not really an actual worry. You shouldn't be worried about that because the baby is breathing through the cord. So if it cuts off the circulation here, it doesn't, or if it cuts off your airways here, it doesn't matter. The, I mean, it wasn't breathing through its nose in your uterus. It was breathing through the cord. So, um, yeah, I might be nervous, I guess then. They have yeah. ways, things that they tell you to do. What's your I, say? I have a question. Um, so thinking about, you know, having a baby at a hospital is very expensive. Um, what is the cost and what are like the the factors of having your baby at home? Like, did you have any costs or anything? I mean, you didn't really have anybody else there. So it's like, yeah, what the of that. So the cost, I guess, is just what I need specifically to feel comfortable. You know, I had, I got a bunch of towels from the thrift store. So that way, if we're cleaning up blood or something gross, I can just throw it away because I just had a baby. I don't want to deal with it. And then, um, you know, you need pads. You need the peri bottle. My, uh, some people prepare with tinctures and other herbal medicine. But I just, if I'm, there's other, um, I don't know. I don't want to deal with that part. I would just rather go to the hospital if there's something bad happening. Honestly, I don't want to just guess myself. Um, People do get nervous if you have a blood thing, I guess. You could hemorrhage. I just realized if you're far from a hospital. But I prepped with um, chlorophyll. It's a blood builder. Um, But so, yeah, it's your own supplements and your own whatever just to make you feel comfortable. But I think those were really the only costs that I had. Wow. You didn't have a midwife, like, meet Uh, you at your house? No, with the third, I did not while we were in Georgia because I hadn't been there very long to make new friends and establish new connections in that way. And I just didn't, I kind of felt like it was my time to just have the baby. So, So yeah, here I did though. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're okay. Um, Here, whenever I had a midwife in Illinois with my daughter, my second, that ended up being a C-section. I can't remember how much we paid her. Maybe a hundred dollars a visit or something, um, boy, boy. something a lot because she, she drove to her house. So, and she You're... would do. Sorry, go ahead, girl. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to like. What did you say? Um, yeah, she drove to her house and then she would um like prick my finger and she would you know do, push on my stomach to make sure that the baby was where it's supposed to be and check the baby's heartbeat and everything and yeah, um, but she was kind of expensive, so that's why I was happy especially while Caleb was in school you know he's a college student like we're college student poor right now and having kids so 
it was nice to not have an extra expense of the midwife. Oh, absolutely. So for your midwife, whenever you were in Illinois with your second, how, yeah. how did you go about, you know, I guess, is it hiring her or is it just, you know, appointing her to be your midwife or, or whatever? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't um, I also drink raw milk. And so how you get raw milk is through finding random people because it's illegal to sell. So you have to have known someone that has used a midwife. You have to have to know someone that drinks raw milk. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah I just messaged around people that I thought like, Hey, you seem like you kind of did a home birth situation. And they'd be like, yeah, it's on the down though. You can't tell anyone her name. Here's her number. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, she's, I wonder if I, I just remembered her name and I wonder if I have her phone number so I can give it to people, but can't tell you this. <laughs> it was just such a funny thing. Like it's a, a service that she's providing. It's illegal. And it, you know, I, whatever. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. It's so dumb. It is. So it's dumb. hard, but there's a labor delivery nurse who's going to be a midwife. So he kind of has his finger crossed that maybe, maybe that he can get on at Sarah Bush because they don't have midwives yet. I mean, well, they had a midwife when I was there with my first, but they do the thing where they rotate you through seven people. And even if you say, I want to have a midwife, they want you to meet their whole team because they, oh. um, they want you to meet their whole team because whoever's on call is who you're going to deal with. And then the midwife is kind of just there to, make i she wore just hippy dippy clothes and all tie-dye and the it just she wasn't really a midwife she was just playing a part i think to say hey look we've said we're all natural we're doing midwife stuff we've got this girl and she was just like every other one you know what i mean it's, she's still trying to get huh. me to drink the glucose drink you don't have to drink it you do not have to drink it they take your blood they can use your blood to check those levels. But wait. Yes, you're joking. Wait. No, Why? you're lying. I 150% I skipped it. With um the second two, whenever I went to the things, so I was like, can't you guys just use my blood to check the glucose thing? They're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. I freaking love you. Well, I'm so like, what the freak? What? I learned so much from you. Well, thank you, because I feel very mild compared to, I follow some very intense people on the internet that have gone, you know, they go, they think that this is all kind of a setup to get people in the system forever. You know what I mean? Because once you have a C-section, yeah. you're disconnected from your child. Now you don't breastfeed it because they weren't on your chest or they weren't, you know what I mean? They, they don't, I just, they're trying to get you in the system forever. They're trying to get customers for life. And yeah. Yeah. I don't push that too hard, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. this is an idea. So I, I watched, or my sister sent this. Um, it was a like an Instagram reel to us. Mm -hmm. It was saying like, you know, if you are a mom and a dad and you like, you know, you both work. So you both get taxes paid out of your, you both have to pay taxes. You know, then yeah. the mom is at work and then the kids go to school. So mm -hmm. the government... Now, just raising our kids. Everybody, everybody take this with a grain of salt. Don't say I'm out here attacking everybody who sends their kids to public school because I'm I not. Know. But that's a hard uh, thing to say any of this, but keep going. Right. And so like like I said, take this with a grain of salt. And he was saying, like, then the kids are, you know, the government is raising their kids, and then 
you know, you and your, your wife and your husband, like husband, you guys are working, you guys aren't as connected anymore. And then you guys aren't as connected with your kids. And then it's just a way for the government to keep a family separated instead of united. Cause it's easier to manipulate separate minds and then united minds, united minds. And I was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, that is so. Well, and it's all, they're all just crazy. different theories. Cause I've heard the theory they that, are. you know, they, they pushed for women to, get jobs you know they added money behind all those so that way then now they have a whole other group of taxable people like those incomes are all taxed and at such a high rate you know what i mean i don't and then yeah. you put all the kids in schools and ah uh, you don't want to read the book dumbing us down i didn't even finish it because i didn't want to become a very annoying person trying to convince everyone not to, to send their kids to school but he talks about how the um I even forgot it because I brought it up so long ago. So you'll have to look this up for yourself to make sure what I'm saying is even the right thing. But something about the Board of Education, when they started all this stuff, they talked about how they would get done what, you know, forceful leaders in Europe, Asia, all of those continents, what they were, the forceful leaders there were getting done in a hundred years, we would get done here in one round of one generation of a full generation going through the school system because everybody's wow. you just fall in line you know it's yeah and so that's i'm not going to say that's a big part of why we homeschool but it's definitely part of it you know i don't want what you're subconsciously learning to be just so nothing that i've not well thought out nothing toward i don't know i don't know my full thought there but i no, don't like right. you're just being there's, yeah. there's so many theories. There's so many things like, you know, that as parents, you know, we, you, you got to question, you know, what you're going to do now. And I think that's the, that's the great part about, you know, these generations is that we all are trying to learn a little bit more. Like the more I talk to other moms, like in the area, they want to start to homeschool and for other reasons, not just that, but like other reasons. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's a, it's an evolving thing that, mothers might be doing now but you'll have to come back and talk more about homeschooling because i would love to have you talk about that as well in more detail um let's think do we have anything else we want to say about home births anything else you want to share um hmm. make sure you go to a webster certified chiropractor you can look it up at icpa.com if you're going to get adjusted it will change your birth for sure if you're in the area, if you're in this area, well, I know your husband does, and he's going to go to Terre Haute, right? Yeah, so don't count him in this area for sure. <laughs> oh, well, he is. I mean, he's in... I mean, kind he, of, I guess. It's quite a drive. But. So, but there's Dr. Ballard in Effingham. She adjusts yeah. women and babies. Mm-hmm. And I went to her when I was pregnant. Um, and then I did not take Ellie there just because it was a 45-minute drive, and I was a new mom, and I was... Mm-hmm. And you said that you felt like it was not helping her. And I feel like you needed to tell her that. Like, what the heck was going on? This was a different lady. So Dr. Greenwell, Dr. Greenwell and and Mount Zion, super awesome lady, very sweet girl. Like, there were times that Ellie was adjusted and it was great. And then other times she was so grouchy afterwards. And I, and, or like sleepy or like not sleepy. She was like grouchy and mad and crying and uncomfortable. And I was like, okay, maybe she's over adjusted. I don't, I don't know anything about, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like um, that's something you should bring up to them. Cause they're, yeah. yeah they're so don't be dumb and just say, oh, maybe it's, you, you ask questions. 
Like yeah. same thing with prenatal care, postnatal care, you ask questions. So, but yeah, Dr. Ballard and Dr. Greenwell, they both adjust moms and they're certified. Like it's, they're right. legit. Um, and when they, I wanted to mention this too, when they do adjust you on your belly, they have special beds. Oh. So when you heard Ian say you get adjusted on your belly, like don't freak out because they have special like pillows or beds where your ba- your belly will go into a bed or the pillows will yeah. lift you. So you're not like putting pressure on your belly. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I should have mentioned that. You definitely. No, that's okay. And sometimes you, I, I the chiropractor that I had, um, in Georgia, she even had ones for your boobs too. Once you would start nursing, because it freaking hurt, you know, yeah. your boobs are so big and they like to smash. So you'd put it, get on the belly pillow, and then you'd have like kind of the same shape for your chest, and it was like very helpful. So chiropractic, chiropractic is no joke. Go to a chiropractor when you're pregnant, and for when after you have a baby, and take your baby because they go to that tiny canal and you know like they're supposed to fit through there but it's small okay and yeah, they got a twist and move on well, the way gosh out, so. yeah and i mean once they're always falling and tripping and everything and my daughter had a scratch on her back and caleb was like what's that from and i think it's from her she had bumped into something i mean i feel like kids scrape their back all the time like their spine from hitting it so hard and she had been peeing the bed for a few days in a row and he adjusted her right on that spot where she had clearly fallen into something and she stopped peeing the bed again so I mean it's oh, yeah. it's very legit. It's very helpful and good. Yeah. I'm taking legit. your advice, guys. I next baby I'm for sure gonna go get adjusted while I'm pregnant. I never did and I had like horrible back labor pains. I'm wondering if it would help that, like yeah. leading to like, you know, the the Braxton Hicks or the practice contractions. I don't yeah. know help or make it feel more comfortable or whatever. And then, you know, you're sleeping on in one position like the entire time mm-hmm. that was the that you oh i bet you that would help so much and i might yeah. try to take maddox here too and see if that will help anything maybe i don't know they yeah, helped are, yeah and they're pretty open-minded too so if they have ideas that aren't as mainstream they might mention two different things i remember my chiropractor was like when was the last time you guys had fast food like they would because if you wrote it down, you said it was recently, they were going to like preach to you pretty much, which I don't lo- <laughs> love. How, but I mean, they just had the right idea going through, you know, yeah. there's, this is a holistic situation. But yeah, and I don't necessarily think that, I mean, chiropractic <laughs> might make you, it would make you more comfortable for sure, but it's probably not going to make you have less contractions. It's just going to make sure that those contractions are freaking doing their job. You know, they're actually yeah. pushing things down and stretching things out and they're going the right direction versus this is all just uncomfortable for no purpose yeah love it yeah i have one question and do you think or if you were to have another baby would you go home birth or would you go back to the hospital like would you do it again oh definitely i would do it again yeah oh and this time i would actually prepare for the baby so the third i prepared and i stretched and i you know did all the things that a healthy exercise the whole time and um, he was the best one. And then the next one, I was like, oh, I got this. But I shouldn't have. You know, being pregnant is a really big deal. And treating it as a really big deal and not acting like this is nothing. This is no big deal. I just, whatever, didn't help me. Yeah, yeah I would definitely do it at home. But my husband got snooped. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Four is a good well, number fantastic. for us. Four was set. Well, just oh, coming. Yeah. Me- Somebody who's done both hearing, you know, if you would prefer to do it one way versus the other. I think that's awesome. And 
Girl, you're a literal superhero. The fact that you did all of that by yourself without anybody there and your husband wasn't even in there to help you. Like you did all of it was, by yourself. Like no shame to him. Crazy. Like no shame to him. But you, know, right. you yeah. yeah, you are amazing. Like I that is mind blowing to so me. Much. And it makes me want to look into home birth more, honestly. It does. Yeah. Can I give I think you guys a few book recommendations? Yes, yes. please. Hey, oh, I invited you. Oh, go ahead. That- go ahead. Ina Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth. Ina Gaskin's Spiritual Midwifery. It's a second. So if you can't find Ina Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth right away, don't read the Spiritual Midwifery instead. You need this Ina Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth. She explains so many things. She talks about um, what's it called? Epidurals and all the she talks about all your options and how they affect you in every way. Um and then um the Bradley method partner coach. I didn't necessarily like their method, but how they explain each stage of your labor is just really nice for understanding what you're going through and how, I don't know if you guys like, I mean, I guess if you weren't at home, you might not feel like this, but there was times where it's like, you kind of start to take off your clothes or you start to get in these certain positions or you're, you're just all in your head. You know, these things where it's like, this is how just women across the board are feeling during that time. So those are the top three for sure. And I think I read some others, but they just weren't. They were not. Okay. So I invited you to my Facebook group for this podcast. And so when you say that, I want you to put links of these books in oh, that sure. podcast and in the Facebook group. So people, when after they listen to this, they can go to the Facebook group and find the link of the books. Um, oh, okay. Just in That's case. Really good so just, it's easier for people to find it Definitely. but yeah yeah and check your library too they're there for free usually that's where i got all those books because yeah Ugh. well then and thrift books but very cheap that's one thing i wish i would have done more was read i just i'm not i'm a little bit more passionate now after like like talking about births and talking about motherhood with everybody i'm a little bit more passionate about reading things but like when i was actually pregnant I mean, it all happened so fast. And so I just was like, it gives me anxiety. You know, it's like that dirty cup in your car that you need to get out and clean. And then you just give us anxiety. So you just forget about it and you leave it in there. It's kind of like, I just, I can't think about it right now. And not that my baby is a dirty cup. Y'all, you know what I mean? (laughs) But, but, you know, it's like, if you just stop, take a breath and and educate yourself, like knowledge is power. Those feelings of anxiety, you probably should in some way maybe journal about them or like work through them because that is yes. definitely like up there for a reason you know you should definitely yes. yeah work through that so that way it doesn't get you stuck during labor yeah 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 don't do that don't write do- it out talk about it don't do it yeah. okay so we probably should start wrapping up but ian i just want to say thank you so much for coming on sharing everything you have i can't wait to have you back because i'm going to ask you again <laughs> and because you just you have so much to share and it's so great and you say it with such grace too where it's just you're just awesome so thank you thank you thank you thank and those were all nice things to say i hope i didn't say um too much that's okay I like I said if you did oh well i probably just did edit too. them out edit them all out <laughs> all right everybody thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time everybody say bye bye, bye.